welcome to Full Release with Samantha B. Hopefully you'll experience one by the end of this. I'm here taking a break from my intense curling training for the next Winter Olympic Games to spend around an hour with you and a special guest who's going to help restore your faith in at least some of humanity's future. I am here, as always, with my trusty producers, Svea Baron-Reinstein and Adam Howard, and we are so excited because we have a bona fide pop culture icon on today's show, the legendary actor and raconteur, Jeff Goldblum. Now, as I'm sure you have seen, Jeff recently walked a runway for Prada and stole the show. He's 69 years old. So podcast gals, what bucket list fantasy do you hope to fulfill by the time you're like around... 70? What? I mean, his was pretty good. That's I feel like we could all say we want to walk in a Prada show, but his compared is to the, that. But he's very likely to achieve he Well, he did achieve it. <laughs> he did achieve it. <laughs> bucket list item checked. Bucket that's a that's a rough bucket list for most people. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I just just I'm just picturing my dad being like, I just want to walk the runway for Prada. Can't <laughs> Just be Ron B and have that dream also. Okay, what's what's on your bucket list? Well, mine feels so like small potatoes compared to that, but I've always really wanted to be like a regular somewhere, like a coffee shop or a bar. Okay. And I feel like I live in too big a city for that to ever be possible. But I don't think that's true. I feel like that's like a small achievable goal. That's very achievable. I think that's if anyone knows very the place, achievable. I don't think know. you have to. I don't think you have to put that on your bucket list. I think you can just put that <laughs> well, on your it's, list. It's like a safety school. You want to have some things that you know you'll be able to cross off. Okay. Okay. What about you, Adam? Do you do you have a bucket list? Aren't you guys too young to have bucket lists? Don't you write that when you're like you've had a health scare and you're like in the hospital and you're like, like these are, let's jot these things down. No, no, I don't have like a physical one. Um, but yeah, I think I've, I've wanted to hope to have become a published author. Mm. Uh, I'm like sort of trying to write a book and that's, okay. that's a big goal for me. I feel that's like good. that, like spheres is more achievable. I feel like you just have to like find a place and just start going all the time. But, no, yours uh, is achievable too. These are good <laughs> goals, but I don't think that these are. I I dispute these are not bucket list goals. These are just like life. These are just goals. The All goals right, of fine. young What's people. Yours? It's a lot of judgment. What's I don't keep. List? I don't fucking have a bucket list. <laughs> I don't want to die. <laughs> what to live like a, forever? Like a bucket that you're gonna. So you. So anyway, let me write a list of the things I want to do before I fucking die. <laughs> Oh, God. I know, because what happens if you finish the list? Then is it just over? I think you just die. I think it's like it's like the ring. Like, don't finish that last one until you're really yeah. ready to go. Yeah. No, I don't. Uh, I don't like have a list. I don't know. I, I don't I don't have a list like that. I don't have like swim with sharks because <laughs> I'm like, if it happens, that's OK. It well, what do you happen. hope to be doing when you're 70? Mm, traveling looking jaunty mostly tra- i think i think traveling and traveling to the Car- prada show that you're gonna walk in traveling to the prada show i'm on a plane i think uh i think traveling and caressing grandkids i think babysitting <laughs> like i mean that's my bucket list i'm like everybody <laughs> everybody have some babies so that i can have some hobbies one in 70 <laughs> i rely on others to create hobbies for me um, 
I don't know. That's very unsatisfying. I'm so I'm so sorry. I should. Uh, I'm gonna. I wanna. I wanna run with uh, antelopes. I don't. No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna be chased by lions or polar bears. <laughs> I definitely don't want to go to space. Okay, don't go anywhere. We have Jeff Goldblum coming right up. Our guest today probably needs no introduction, but I'm going to try anyway. He has been a movie star for like five decades, bringing his unique energy and timing to such classics as The Big Chill, The Fly, Jurassic Park, Independence Day, The Life Aquatic, The Grand Budapest Hotel, and Thor Ragnarok. He has also established himself as one of the hippest, most fashionable sexagenarians on the planet, and he is showing off his signature style all over his hit National Geographic series, The World According to Jeff Goldblum, which airs on Disney+. Plus. Here's hoping some of that signature Jeff Goldblum cool rubs off on me. Welcome to the show, Jeff Goldblum. Oh, look who it is. Yes. It's Jeff Goldblum. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Let me drink you in. Not only you, but I like on all these Zoom things, because recently yeah. I've read you know, uh, investigated my at-home production company, which everybody now okay. has to. I, I, nobody even sent us a memo. Nobody even trained us for this. But I think everybody is, you know, yesterday I was scurrying around or two days ago before doing one of these and going, uh -huh. oh, I should do this better. Where in my house? And da -da -da -da, and what do I want people to see? All that stuff. So Right. I need to look at your backdrop because you have, you look super fashionable you look drop dead fashionable yes you do and you have paintings behind you what are these you know i'll show you this is um this uh, these are my sister pam two years younger than i am is an artist uh -huh. has always been a brilliant artist now has a an instagram account called uh the what is it tata pam the world of tata pam which oh. in french means tata aunt pam because now my two kids She's the aunt to, uh, she's now a new new aunt in the last six years. So nice. anyway, my house is full of, on every wall, paintings. What? You see those two? <laughs> okay, I'm going to Tata Pam directly when we finish. Well, she's doing, a, th this was an old cycle, these couple behind her. Right now she's doing, she and her husband, Jeffrey Kaisershot, with whom she collaborates. The two of them do art together. Oh my God, I love it. Believe it or not, they did these canvases together and they've been together for 30 years right now. They're on the cutting edge doing kind of big paintings that uh -huh. she has displayed um, many of them in the last several days on her website, but also animated um, things wow. uh, that are um, surreal and trippy and uh, hu humanistic and soulful, some of which have a, an, a, a, a figure that uh, is, is a kind of depiction of me. Oh. Uh, and characters, me as a wizard, me as an orthodontist, me as other <laughs> things, and, uh, and her and their dog and stuff like that. Anyway, I recommend it. So that's Pam. Fantastic. And, uh, yeah. I, feel, I feel like you're, you're having like a very artsy family. You're an artsy well, people. Here, well, you'd think. my I had two older brothers, both of whom are now no longer with us, mm -hmm. one of whom was really not 
artsy, although what okay. is art and who is creative and what sure. is, is that finally? But really, in the in Meat and Potatoes talk, Rick, the second one, was a writer. He was artsy and a truth seeker and an adventurer, and he might have been a writer. Mm-hmm. He's four years older than I was. And he was already kind of um, uh, wanting to be, you know, I think he liked Hemingway. Okay. He, he went to Agadir, to Casablanca, to North Africa. Wow. That's where he... Uh, he uh, ceased, and uh, but he was writing anyway. He was he was artful. My sister, yes, very artful. And my parents, my dad was a doctor. My mom was a mom with the four kids, but they both had appetites for and aspirations early on, and brushes with the so-called art world, really the performing world. Well, they painted a little bit this and that. And my mom was a craft abuser of all sorts. You know, oh. would make would make robes for us and moo's and cut Great. our hair and had a sewing machine down in the basement. Okay. And she would, you'd hear that. Yeah. Not only that, we had one of those old mangle, you know, you know a thing called a mangle? No, what is that? What is that? <laughs> it sounds like something out of a horror movie and it was in the basement, but it was in fact one of those kind of industrial things meant to do pressing. You know, you'd put a sleeve in it oh. and we go, a giant yeah. roller or something. Yes. I, I don't know if anybody else knows about this, but anyway, they, we called it a mangle. I feel like a mangle. Oh, so a mangle. Okay. Well, my mom got her hair caught in a mangle. Now, as you're saying, she had very long hair when she was growing up, but it was a different, because now I think people still do have those big industrial pressers for ironing, you know, for pressing things. Eight. But we had a ringer washer, or she did when they were growing up. She had very long, thick hair. Totally got caught in the ringer washer. They had to cut it all off. No. Just, she could have been killed. There was no way to un- unspool the, the hair, really? I don't think off? so. Like, when you have long hair and you get it caught in a roller brush, yeah. boy, that is, you've got to extricate yourself from that very carefully. And when your whole head is being pulled into a machine, it's a different, <laughs> you're like, let's, we're going to pull the plug. So, that, um, yeah. That, that's horrible. Well, look at your locks. Nothing wrong with your luxurious mane. No, no ringer washers anywhere near this hair. Um, You know, what's so funny. You said the word adventurer, and that's what what I think you are. Well, you know what I mean? Like, Uh we described you as a raconteur, and I think that's true. But also, you do have, your whole vibe is like just drinking in life. Out there, adventuring, gallivanting, like with purpose, but with curiosity. I think I've fully described you, as, right? Yes, as um, as Clyde Barrow says to Bonnie Parker in uh, you know Warren Beatty to uh, to uh, Faye Dunaway. Mm-hmm. You told my story. You told uh, my story. That's, that's it. it. That's in just it. A few few words. You did it. I think you got me. I got you. Okay. You, oh, I have to say before we even, I have questions for you about your current, the current incarnation of Jeff Goldblum. I'll tell but you like, everything. I know. We, you did something for my show. You did a Love Actually parody so many years ago. It was so fun. I was going to ask you to remind me of that. I saw it, of course, afterwards. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I loved the great honor of, of being with you, being on your show. Um, and I and I haven't seen it since. Yes, what was it? I was in a doorway. You were in a doorway. We're reenacting this oh, yes. that big scene from Love, Love Actually, where I have signs and I'm just peeling away the signs, right. and they they start to get rude. And I just 
Right. I have to tell right. you, like, after that, everyone, you know, when you walk into a room, I do feel like you're kind of one of those, you're one of those rare people who, when you're focused on a person, you're very focused on that individual person. You make everybody in the room feel very special, like they have a moment with you, like you're really communicating. And I just think it's grand. Everybody had such a great experience working with you. Everybody was like, what a, what a guy. (laughs) Hey, thank you. Well, coming from you, high praise indeed. Thank you so much. I need all the help I can get. That's a beautiful endorsement. And, and I had a great time there. Of course I did feel, um, you know, uh, with you and on that, with your great group, you know, privilege and special. Well, it's a very watched segment. Everybody loved it. Is that Everybody true? Loved we it. haven't yep. talked since then. Oh, yep. I'm glad to hear, yep. hear yep. that. Yep. Really? Okay, you're doing so many things now. You're okay. You're busier than ever. You're doing movies. You're doing TV. You have little kids. Two little kids yes, under two. six. Two. Well, six and four. Six the and four. Charlie Ocean turns seven. Um, July fourth. He was born Fourth <gasps> of July. Well, just oh like my God. Uncle Sam, just like you, Uncle That's Sam. That's it. That's right. That's what I call you. That's of course and everyone does. I'll bet. And uh, River Joe is four and a half, like he likes to say. And he turns a five this April 7th. Wow. So they're, they're little. Hey, do you know that? I just remi- reminded myself. Do you know that song uh-huh. by Danny Kaye? Mm. Uh, I'm five. He sings it. Also, Barbara Streisand does a very beautiful version that I discovered really? recently. And a video of it. Yes, it's it's you know in the voice of in the character of a, a kid who's four, oh. and he goes, "I'm five. I'm five. I'm a big boy now. I'm five. Da, 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 you know, et cetera, et cetera. Look, look oh. that up. I had a whole so record, cute. and when when I was a kid, we had a whole record uh, by Danny Kaye called "Mommy, Give Me a Drink of Water." Uh, <laughs> that was the title song. Oh God. I, so I recommend funny. it. It's so beautiful and he's so great. And the songs are beautifully arranged. It's very, it's an orchestral arrangement and they make me cry all the time. And mm. uh, I, I went through a cycle where I played a bunch of them for my kids. Anyway, Oh, that's nice. Uh, little kids, they keep you fresh. They keep it fresh. Every day's a new day. I think so too. Now you have what you have. I have three kids. Mm. Mine are a little old. I, we're skewing older. So my youngest is now 11. So I go 11, 13, 16 from 11 to 16. And it's the same. It's joy. Every day is like a new joy. I can, I can well imagine. And the, yeah. but that is such a ripe age, mm-hmm. uh, you know, full of, I can only imagine, oh my gosh, things must yeah. be, uh, you know, oh my gosh. No, no, no. It's all, it's, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I was a terrible teenager. This podcast is, we're not here to talk about me as a teenager, but I will just to briefly say that I was a nightmare, just an awful, terrible, like the worst teenager you can be. And so my teenagers, they're, they're so smart. They're so much better than me. I look at, I see them in person. I'm like, look at you. Look at, look at what I have made. <laughs> no, but like, they're just a comp. They're just great. To, they're fun to be around. And that is a revelation. You know what I mean? Like, it's not all. Uh, I can imagine. And yeah. a testament to you and, of course, the wonderful uh, Jason Jones. That's right. The two of us. Look at us killing it out there. All right. But you, you. Oh, okay. So but when many, we have okay. a chance, I do want to hear about how you were a horrible teenager. Maybe you're misremembering it. Really. Sure. No, or, I am not. No, this really? is. Yeah, this is. No, 
My definitely my parents the whole time were like, wait until you have teenagers. Oh boy, because it comes back tenfold. But actually, not so much. Parents are often wrong. Um Isn't okay. something. And of course, everything that you were, the seeds of it, you know. Yes. Some parts have been jettisoned like booster rocket mm-hmm. little parts. And yep. but it's everything has made you what you are now, which is a you know, brave and, 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 and what's the word? Um, disruptive, creatively, <laughs> beautifully disruptive. Uh, art, no regrets. Master. No arts. regrets. Crazy things happened. No regrets. All right. Okay. So you've got all this. You are, how, where do all your projects live? I don't, you know what? And it's funny because I don't want to, I don't want to call you Jeff. I think of you as Jeff Goldblum. You're like one of those people who's like two names together. What do people call you in your life? Do they call you Jeff? It's hard to, for me to call you Jeff. Oh, that, that's so funny. You, you can call me Jeff. You can call me Jeffrey. Okay. That's the name on my, you know, on my Jeffrey. legal documents. Okay. Jeffrey. And my middle name is Lynn, L-Y-N-N. You can call okay. me Jeff Lynn Goldblum. My sister calls me E P E E P I. Uh, oh. I don't know why it's a, it's a, it's a, a, a boring derivation of that, but um, but around here, uh, sometimes the kids call me Dada, which is sort of, there's a lot of French going around here. Nice. My wife is French and speaks French, so she is Maman and I'm Dada. And uh, But when I want to show them an episode of, uh, of The World According to Jeff Goldblum, of which there are 22, so they've seen a few mm-hmm. and they appear in some, those are the ones I've sh- shown them, and they have some they, they they like him and sometimes they go after dinner okay can we see uh you know one of those uh the jeff goldblum show so that they do say jeff goldblum you know oh my god that's so funny so that is that the only have you shown them other things that you have worked you can't really show them you haven't probably shown them jurassic park yet well you may well imagine but um and and screen time they've been denied screen time for the most mm-hmm. part uh, that includes device, you know, phones. We try to sure. set up our phones. They don't, they have nothing like that. Uh, they do. They have school now and some virtual school that they're back in school now. But they've so they they're very good already and mesmerized by devices. So there's no problem there. And we haven't shown them. We've tried not to show them movies. I started on started off showing them little uh, Charlie Chaplin shorts and Buster Keaton and da, da, da. okay. Then pretty quickly we got to the modern, you know. Uh, you, you know, jazzy things to see, and mm-hmm. um, and then, ah, uh, sure enough, in this last year, I showed them Jurassic Park. I was, I thought, is it, is it, are they going to be too scared? Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. And the little one was a little bit scared at one point, but uh, no, they liked it. And then I showed them the second one, and I think they've never really been to a movie theater, so okay. I think this summer, June tenth, when it comes out. I have, I'm imagining that I may take them, we may take them to a movie theater to see Jurassic World Dominion, so-called. That's great. Okay, that's exciting. It's fun for, I, I think that probably your kids, they or our kids grew up going thinking that everybody's parents were on TV. Do you know what I mean? They're like, this is normal. What TV show is your parent or your, or your is your family on? Oh, <laughs> and then the they thing. go, wait a minute. Oh, it's not, it's not everybody. Right. Okay. Well, when did it? You, you must have noticed that I, I'm, I'm keeping my eyes out to what they're actually thinking, what they kind of realize. I've shown them things and I don't know what yeah. they think. Yes, it occurs to me, too, that they think, oh, this is what everybody does or something. Uh, sure. You I know. think it's good, and, though, because they're, they won't be they're not impressed by it. Like at a certain age, they're like, oh, yeah, well, this is fine. Whatever. My, uh, my dad has a boring job. He does movies. It's 
dull. Yeah. <laughs> you know my dad. Ugh. <laughs> That's what they do. Have you been able to show them everything that you've done? Because some of that no. is adult material. Yeah, it's a pretty adult, but they also are not that, well, again, they're a little older. They're just not that interested. They're like, yeah, I know what you do. It's right. it's boring. And that's the natural order. They're supposed to think that. So it's good. It's a good thing. They're and not supposed add, to go is like. Is there a part of you that wants to assume what seems like the conventionally more enlightened way, which is, oh, I want them to relate to me as a person, of course, and not be impressed oh, yeah. in the way that a fan would. But is there another side of you that goes, hey, you know, I wouldn't mind if they're a little bit of a fan. And why shouldn't they be impressed? <laughs> well, I wouldn't mind if they got their own orange juice in the morning because I, you know, I do like, because <laughs> yeah. I make them so many meals now this morning. I just saw them. I, I made them breakfast and then they were, I put it on the kitchen counter and then they were just sitting in their chairs waiting yes. to be served by me. <laughs> I was like, you know, you could get a beverage. So I would, just if like their level of being impressed took on that character, yeah. it would be nice. They could just get their own stuff. We could talk a lot about that. Yes, ours are, <laughs> we're trying to, you know, uh, uh, guide them toward a more, you know, n nothing entitled and certainly, you know, gracious. It's a, it's a, it's a balance. It's a, it's a cute little balance between not wanting to cut off their wild, instinctive, impulsive, mm -hmm. you know, range of uh, full emotions and everything and introduce them to the world of courtesy and yes. politeness and hey mm -hmm. how about please da, da, and thank you da, da, et cetera, et cetera, yes. and get your own stuff and pitch in and help out and share and all that stuff when do you how do you how do you navigate it all then I think we did a good job. I mean, we definitely were so into courtesy and we're very, it's a very important part of how we are. It's just not as important to us as individual parents. They don't care about, they, they put all of their non-courteous behavior into our relationship. And then they're so, in the outside world, kind, helpful, all of that stuff. They'll try any food if it's at someone else's house. But if I cook fish, they're like, What? I made salmon once and they cried. They just were like, why are you doing this to us? But they'll happily go to someone else's house and they're like, I love salmon. Gobble it down. So they, <laughs> I know, know. I know exactly what you're talking about. They do sort of uh, compartmentalize us mm -hmm. and then everybody else. And they uh, do present a different personality in some ways to the rest of the world sometimes. Yeah. Well, That's I think you're right. a safe, you're a safe place for them to like try different things well and then they well we've tried the, to we've tried yeah. to be look we can accommodate all of your feelings and you know yes anything yes all, bring all, it all here all let it out but you reminded me oh yes river especially i wouldn't say he's a picky eater they have very strong likes and dislikes and uh -huh. everything under the sun but food included and sometimes if he's in a mood <laughs> he gets to the table and we've served him something and he'll just be tragically morose. It's, tragi it's just oh, a tragedy. Weeping sometimes. Just like, what have you done? Yes. Why? Yes. Why me? Yes. Why me? All right. How do you... Okay, so you've got all this. You get your family. You've got an art life. You're walking the runway at a Prada show, which is so neat. I mean, that's very cool. Yeah. How did that happen? I thought that was cool, too. Well, um... Uh, you know, they 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 asked uh, because I had a bit of a relationship, so-called professionally with the 
with Prada and uh -huh. Mrs. Prada, that wonderful person at the head of the whole creative uh, operation, um, is just wonderful. And I'd met her um, at the Venice Film Festival a few years ago uh, when a movie of mine was there. And prior to that, a few years, uh, you know, before that, they had given me some shirts to wear on my jazz okay. tour and da, 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 da. so they they dressed me and we'd work kind of with them. I have this mm -hmm. stylist named Andrew Viterra who's very good, who's, whose tutelage and guidance kind of led me to that relationship and to those clothes. And so that that happened. And then they said, yeah, we're doing this uh, this runway show. And uh, how would you like to do that? And and uh, it was, uh, I thought that was great. And and had a great time. Emily came with me. We spent a couple mm -hmm. of days in Milan. And uh, it was uh, something else. I really, I really liked it. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. How, how do you, I guess, how do you, because people call upon you to do so many different things. And now you're doing this, you've got your TV show, your Disney Plus show. So how do you choose a project? How do you, do you have like a, are you a booklets person? Do you keep little books and jot ideas down all over the place? How do you organize the projects you want to work on? How do you, like, what's your creative process when you're like, what's next for me, Jeff? <laughs> what's next for me? Uh, what, uh, you ever see that movie uh, Made for Each Other with uh, Renee Taylor and Joe Bologna? A little obscure no. item that they oh, did together. Okay. It's kind of... Uh, it's it's uh, good. I haven't seen it in a while. I've been trying to find it. It's hard to find. Anyway, she's a a horrible, a, a horrible performer, a one <laughs> aspiring performer, and she does these one woman shows, and mm -hmm. uh, and she has a kind of a mantra, or I think a, an opening line for her uh, show, which is "Who am I now?" Uh, <laughs> so, and that reminded me. Yes, I wake up and I go, "What's." What's next for me? What's next for me? <laughs> yeah, I do something like that. So, but what I do is, I don't know, you know, I surf the opportunities and, you sure. know, I have a good, um, I have a good manager and we, we, I can yeah. help him and all the pros and cons and, you know, with everything, there's usually yeah. some, you know, every box doesn't get checked. So you say, well, is this worth it? And then your fluid, my fluid ever evolving life mm -hmm. um uh, you know changes and i go well now the there's different criteria this year maybe in this month and for instance kids right. and schedules and what do i want to spend my time on and uh, uh yeah so like that all the all those factors like everybody does i try to be um you know i read i'm fascinated with marlon brando and sometimes i read at the height of his not that i have any i'm comparing myself in any way but at the height of his popularity and career I, he had stacks of scripts they mm. they drive on a desk and he just wouldn't read any of them he would he came you know as a genius that he was i imagine you know he sort of came upon something like that i don't do that i i'm no genius and so i try to leave no stone unturned and mm -hmm. make sure that i've thoroughly you know um thought about and, right. and you know uh you know, seen, you know, a, a, um, investigated everything on my plate and, and, you know, pick the best thing. Of course, the standard answer, and it still is, it's, it's actually true for me is, you know, I think of myself as a creative person. I aspire to right. being creative. And so, uh, the, 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 the big, the big decider is my tummy. 
And, mm-hmm. you know, what excites me, you know, right. all of that stuff, like everybody says, but it's, that's, that's true. And who you want to work with and et cetera, right. et cetera, et cetera, that kind of thing. And, like- and right now you said, like you said, I'm, I'm, I'm busy. I've done, you know, since in this COVID period, believe it or not, right. we did that early on. We did that Jurassic World Dominion movie. Right. And then I did it. And then some more of this show, you know, that we're talking about. And then I, yeah. I did another movie that I'm not allowed to talk about yet because they haven't officially said, oh, yes, Jeff is in it. Hey, maybe they cut me out of it. Maybe I'm not in it. So I'm, <laughs> I'm deluding myself. But <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. I doubt that you're cut out. I but okay. Know. I don't know. I've, I've seen everything. And then uh, I did have, I think I can talk about this. It's not, it's not, I have a, 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 a little tiny thing in this Wes Anderson, this new Wes Anderson movie. Yes, I'll bet yes. you're a fan of this, like everybody. He's a, he's of course. Brilliant. I had a good time in Spain doing that, et cetera, et cetera. How do they court you, I guess, to do a show like The World According to Jeff Goldblum? Did they court you or did you court them? And were you like, I just, I'm so curious about all these weird things. I want to talk about it. Um, that No. And there was, I don't know that any of it was a courtship, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it did blossom into a beautiful romance, I must say. Yes. At least I fell in love with them and the world more completely than I ever had been before. But here's what happened. Um I was, they were sort of rejiggering and examining what to do with their show called on Nat Geo. It was Nat Geo only. There was no Disney Plus involved at that point. It was called a show called uh, Explorer. Uh, okay. that had been on for years. And and they were saying, hey, maybe we'll have a different host. We'll change hosts or try a different host. Mm-hmm. For, so they, I, I hosted for a few um, experimental episodes. I like yeah. them and they like me. And out of that, uh, we of started that. talking about this. They said, hey, maybe you want to do a show where you're the, where you, it's your show. And what would that be? And I started to think and talk. And then we, yeah, that's what happened. You've done shows, okay, so you've done shows on, like, magic and fireworks and coffee and ice cream. How do you arrive at, is it, is it? You and you're like, oh, look, I'm really passionate about this thing. I'm so, I don't know how do fireworks work. Like, what the hell is that? And then you just kind of meet together and you go, is this terrain that we want to explore together? Like, is there enough here? Can this, will this be really fun? Yes, all that happened. That's yeah. exactly right. Hey, by the way, I don't know if you've seen any of them or, or any of them, but because I have them, because I placed them right here. Not that I've memorized mm-hmm. them. There are 20, I did 22 episodes. 22. Yeah. yeah. Here are the thing. If any of these things interest you that you want to talk about, not, but here are the mm-hmm. things that I did in the first year ice cream, sneakers, tattoos, denim, yeah. barbecue, uh, RVs, coffee pools of all kinds, cosmetics and jewelry. And then the second season that just all came out, yeah. dance, dogs, monsters, fireworks, magic, puzzles, motorcycles, birthdays, tiny things, and backyards. That's 22. Tiny yeah. things. I love tiny things. So well, I, that's why I mentioned that list. Really, I thought one of them might trigger you and spark you. Really, you do? Oh, my God. I do. A lot of people do. You know, I'm surprised since I've done that... Um, episode mm-hmm. i've had this exact conversation where they go oh you didn't know this about me but i i'm obsessed with tiny things <laughs> you're tiny one of things. You, that's you oh yeah mm-hmm, that's me yes like what what yeah. do you what do you like about tiny things well i don't know i think when i was a little girl i was just so obsessed with my barbies and it was hard to find tiny things for barbies when i was growing up there just weren't it just wasn't, yes. there weren't like accessories at the level. So people made them, you know, if you would go to 
Like we had a big craft show where I grew up in in Toronto, in Canada, and 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 people would make these little woven handbags for your Barbie, like little crocheted bags. And I just my Barbie world was so rich and so involved and I made little clothes and did little things. And so that has just maintained that has just that has been that has stayed true. So when I had my own kids, I could put all that into their stuff. Like I could put that into their world, but I've, I can't get rid of it. Isn't that interesting? And how do you think, do you think you were like every other kid or do you think, I'm sure you were unique and how did your interest in your Barbie world kind of blossom into your current or your adult world of creative play and imagination? Did that have something to do with uh, it in a seedling way? Oh, maybe. I mean, it's just imaginative play and that it was just so involved and I would be talking and it was so specific. Like I was, I never talked to my daughter. It was a very distinct, they had their relationships with each other. They had their world. It was like world building in a way. And then, you know, like my mom would come in and be like, oh my God, stop talking to your dolls. And I was like, I'm not talking to them. They're talking to each other. <laughs> like, I don't want to, I don't talk to dolls. They have their own God. They're going through having a divorce. They're going through some stuff right now. Could you please leave us? <laughs> so interesting. You know, I'm so interesting, interested now. You can imagine in child development, how the brain develops, right. what happened to my little brain and what's happening to them. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think I did what they do even. I don't think I had an outlet like that. I must have been imaginative mm. in other ways and, and exercised mm-hmm. my early self. But they, oh my gosh, River at this point, it strikes me he might be, he's a free-spirited kind of crazy kind of guy. Right. But but he, oh my gosh, all you he cannot play enough with talking with and playing these little Legos. They're the Lego creatures. Right. And boy, they, of course, he's very boyish, I guess, if, if that's even correct, um, in that there's lots of fighting going on. Sure. And lots of, and falling mm-hmm. and danger. And, but boy, he just can't get enough of that stuff. I think you work a lot of stuff out yeah. in your toys and they don't necessarily like, even, you know, we would, buy our kids these like elaborate structures and they really only want to play with like the littlest corner of something, a little weird thing that you wanted to throw out. Like, you know, they had to make handmade dolls. Our kids made so many handmade things and handmade toys, like little clay dolls. They would just just play with those. Like, that's great. You know, we would buy like a monster high giant, like dollhouse. And they were like, playing with their own clay dolls within this <laughs> big plastic stupid thing. <laughs> hey, that's a great oh. idea. That, well, that's fantastic. I mean, I don't know if you uh, nurtured that, but that's that's pretty great, isn't it? That they It's neat. Yes. And then that has blossomed into like they make they like to make things, which I love. I love like makers. So you're meeting like all kinds of makers and like alchemists, people who make ice cream, which I do love. Ice cream or making yeah, so, ice cream? I love to, I love both. Actually, I prefer to make it. Really? I like to make it more than I like to eat it. No kidding. I'd love to. Do, do you, you love ice cream? Yes. Are you a, are you a, a, a cook? And how, how do you I do am. your ice cream? What kind of ice cream do you make? My best flavor is a maple butter pecan. And it is so good. It is so delicious. 
it's not like a fancy flavor or anything like that. It just is. It hits, it checks all of my, checks all my boxes. Checks all the boxes. All your what boxes? It checks all my boxes, flavor boxes. Flavor you know what boxes. I mean? Like all the like check, 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 salty, sweet, check, check, check. It sounds great. I would, I would love it. Does Jason, do you eat, how many tubs of that do you eat a, a day? I like to make it and then I just put it there and everybody else goes, did you have to put nuts in this? <laughs> I don't know. You know, this is how it is. What have you learned that surprised you? Like, do you learn something every episode that surprises you? I love to be surprised by something. I do too. Um, yes. And so sometimes I leave a little of my so-called research or preparation undone so that the camera right. can catch me actually being surprised. And that's my favorite. That's yeah. so great. I do too. Yeah. That discovery. Yeah. What did you learn about denim? I did not see that episode. I have to watch the denim episode because that's fascinating. You really? You're into denim? That's a big world. It's, it's, it's not something. It certainly is. I didn't know. Well, I didn't. I was surprised by a lot of it. Now that I'm remembering it, that was our first season. Yes. Um. Well, you know, it's it's um. There's been a an explosion of it in the last several decades, mm-hmm. as you can imagine. I found out a little bit more and, and heard the statistics about that. And environmentally, from what I gather, right. it's created a challenge because a lot of that stuff is made with dyes and mm-hmm. things that are not so good. And it has polluted the waterways. Da, da, da. And now there are people, innovative, interesting makers and fixers and problem solvers who are solving that particular problem. Right. And and then just the creative, you know, people up north. Where did I go to the Le- Levi place up in Northern California and saw their mm-hmm. them, you know, and that was kind of fascinating. Oh, and then, I, oh, yeah, we went to the bottom of old abandoned silver mines where the Ooh. people from 19, you know, 14 who were who worked in those mines had to leave quickly and leave all their, you know, original denim the first denim costumes and you know there and there are people who hunt for those original things and i went you know with uh, one of those people and that was pretty fast you know stuff like that are you traveling around like where's the far what's where what's the farthest you've been on this season of the show did you 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 go pretty far afield where'd you go so far, it's all been domestic. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I had a taste for Emma. I, I consider myself, a. I like to, I aspire to being a world citizen. I wanted to go all over sure. the place. Although I'm not the best, you know, I, I wouldn't mind staying in my own backyard, you know. Okay. But the first season, uh, we went all over the place, all over America, places mm-hmm. that I never, I kept saying, hey, when else, this is great, because when else would I have come right. here or here or here? Um, cause there's plenty I haven't seen. So that was interesting, provocative and curious making. Uh, the second mm-hmm. season was all during COVID. COVID. So they designed it. They said, we can do this, but yeah, yeah, I think it's good if you stay in California, but then California went bad <laughs> during a right. period and they said, okay, we've got a new idea. We've sussed it out. There's a lot of interesting people and stuff that you could find. And it's a little safer in Georgia. So we spent a month oh. in Atlanta. Uh, with dance people and uh, all mm-hmm. sorts of uh, AI people and all sorts of interesting people. So that was, uh, you know, that's where we went. Yeah. I feel like you're pretty fearless on the show because you did, you did like, you performed with the TikTok dance troupe and then a witch. There was a witch who communes with your deceased ancestors. Is this, yeah. am I hearing this correctly? What, what, 
You didn't see? Yes. Did you see that? Part? I haven't seen. No, I haven't seen it. So here's what I happened. Hear that, yeah, that's the episode called um, Magic. And uh, we talked to Penn and Teller and then some street magicians. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also in this umbrella of the word, the word, the subject magic, there was witchy, witchy magic and metaphysical yeah. Uh, otherworldly so-called magic. And so, yes, I visited this coven of uh, wonderful and great fun uh, to hang around with witches. Uh, mm-hmm. And we did things. They made me potions and I drank some tea and we did some healings. And then I had one of them was a, a, a medium uh, self-described and uh, and gave me a reading and a little conversation with some of my departeds, uh, during which I, I wept. Uh, openly Whoa! and uh, became ch- choked up because I'm I'm susceptible to all sorts of things and having been mm-hmm. you know early on an actor you know an aspiring acting student it was linked with things uh, woo woo and then coming okay. up in California during the 70s 80s and 90s you can imagine I was well exposed to all manner of mm, uh, uh, kooky, sure. kooky things. So, you know, I was susceptible to that, but I must say, and I told them so, I, these days I'm a little more science attracted. Yes. Uh, you know, and uh, some yes. of that uh, world of uh, crystals and astrology, I can I can uh, have a, a jaundiced eye about. Sure. And, and sure. I must say, uh, talking to Penn and Teller, Mm-hmm. who are erudite and uh, practiced and that's they've devoted their lives to this world of magic and performance they have strong opinions about those who would i can't say that these were the this included those those particular witches but those uh-huh. who would um con us or into uh you know uh yes you know c- con- and contacting our most susceptible and, and vulnerable uh selves you know um, of course for one thing or another last night I just finished watching Nightmare Alley. Have you seen that? I haven't seen it yet. It sounds great. It's all about that. Okay. And boy, does it paint a picture of, uh, and it, it, it's an indictment mm-hmm. of there's not one sympathetic uh, word of ambiguity about the people who do that. It just mm-hmm. doesn't exist. There are no such things as ghosts in their world. And, uh, mm-hmm. and it's all part of the American character as it's developed over the right. a few hundred years and the snake oil, uh, you know, salesmanship, of course, uh, and show business, and uh, and uh, you know, lying and uh, grifting that has gone yes. on from day one. Yes, skepticism is very uh, healthy. <laughs> I agree. Very healthy, but it doesn't mean you can't have a moment. Oh yes, well that's the thing. I I, I do a funny dance in my life and brain. <laughs> between uh, <laughs> wide open and uh, mm-hmm. sharp, sharp-eyed and vigilant. <laughs> it's just so painful to see just such widespread distrust of science in the wake of COVID, too. And we could spend another off-camera ca- talking for uh, hours yeah. about my strong convictions and yours uh, in that area. Yes, and my love of science. I played the, you know, in Park, a couple other movies. I I get to play scientists. My dad was a doctor. I've, you know, I I was on Neil deGrasse Tyson's uh, show. We had a little Mm -hmm. interview. If I showed my kids anything, it would be, you know, top of the list, you know, cosmos. And, you know, here's what we know about where we are. Here's what scientists humbly say we don't know, but we're Mm -hmm. learning and, uh, you know, let's all catch up, et cetera, et cetera. And yet I do love to watch magic because that is... That is tactical. That is like, there is such artistry to magic. I mean, it is artistry. It's incredible. Yes. I can, 
I'm never, I could never figure out the trick. Well, I always know that there is a trick. I just never know what it is. Yeah. Well, I love illusion and poetry mm-hmm. and, and uh, imagination and the unseen mm-hmm. uh, as much as the next uh, person. I've devoted my life to it. And so, yeah. oh yeah, I'm way, way into that kind of stuff. I still do a rope trick or two myself. And you're on search party. Okay. So you're playing like an Elon Musk type yeah. character. Yeah. Tunnel Quinn. Yes. So how, how do you wind up? What's your inspiration? What are you drawing upon to play Tunnel? Because Search Party is such a, such a good show. It was a good such show. Such a good show. That is a great show. Those four mm-hmm. people, all the people on it, the four main actors are just brilliant. And, uh, and Charles Rogers and Sarah Violet Bliss, who created it, very brilliant. I just loved mm-hmm. that whole show. Watched all four seasons 20 hours of television before I started my, my little last fifth season. Um, yeah. And they, uh, created something nice for me. And then they were very collaborative. Um, they had an idea that, that yes, this, 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 this guy was, uh, it's a little funny couple, couple of moments on that show, a couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. And I'm a, I'm a funny, you know, rich income poop, you know, of, of sort. Yeah, you're like an Elizabeth, Elizabeth Holmes and a little Elon, just yeah. a bunch of, Yeah. All that stuff. So I've had a brush with, a, you know, I know what some other people know about that. But then as I got into it, I said, hey, you know, maybe this uh, fellow, we just allude to it. But I said, maybe there's some surprises and twists and turns. And this fellow can be a little more dimensional. And maybe in contrast to, you know, the theme of the show, to um, Alia Shawkat's character mm-hmm. and these uh, the, this generation of uh, people, uh, uh, you know, um, operating on this in this narcissistic way who are the, yeah. finally the ruination of the world right. <laughs> maybe, maybe i can maybe i maybe i have some sense that even though i've wanted in the short term to make a little money from it and to partner up with her you know maybe i can have uh, some other contradictory uh and more dimensional thoughts and feelings and a couple mm-hmm. of marks about uh, wait a minute just a second this is uh i you know i like to uh, I like to make a new, you know, uh, enhance my business as much as the next guy. But uh, uh, let's, let's, I don't know what we're doing to people, <laughs> you know, something, right, like right, that. Right. Some, something like that, you know. Did you do a lot of, were you playing a ton of music during the pandemic? Like when you were in full, because there was, no one could shoot for a long time. I mean, for a really long period of time. Did you, were you creative during that period? Did you play music? Were you, how did you, how did you experience that? Well, uh, here's, here's what happened to me. Well, like I say, I, I, from the very start of it, almost the start of it, we ventured out this Jurassic World Dominion movie was, I think we were one of the first to really, yes, one of the first. Okay. So early on. Okay. And this is now a couple of years ago. We went to, I took the whole family to England. They had invested Mm -hmm. a lot of uh, money and effort into making us safe. We got through it, but there was, you know, uh, and Alexander Derbyshire and uh, Pat Crowley are the producers on that movie. And they kind of pioneered some of the uh, protocol uh, approach that uh, other people have um, followed, I think. And, uh, and we did it. We were, we were there. So I was busy and active. That was a very creative time. Although, you know, uh, during this tragedy, world tragedy, international tragedy. And, uh, but we stayed busy and active. It was unbelievably interesting. You were in like the first. So when you say you were working, you were like really actually like in the first, one of the first pandemic working bubbles. Yeah. 
wow, we stayed, that's right. We stayed. Uh, and so I stayed active and I stayed active the whole time. Then I came back and more protocols and more world yeah. Jeff Goldblum. And then I went to, and then I went to Australia. Oh, I did something there. I can't talk about, it, but I was there oh. and, uh, and had that two-week uh, strict uh, hotel quarantine mm. in a room. Did that, did, then did a movie there, and did, um, and then did that Wes Anderson thing. More protocols, more testing, okay. and uh, g- 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 so I've been active. Besides that, I don't mind being. I have a nice, uh, you know, the how my home life, as we've said, is wildly provocative. So sure. I had no shortage of stimulation here, mm-hmm. and I kind of liked, you know, since. Be, being here and playing music. Right. As a matter of fact, yes, I, I listen to music, but every day I'm nothing if not disciplined. So every day my my uh, routine includes getting up, as I did today, and doing piano. I have mm-hmm. a workload that I need to do every day. And then I have a gym here and I work out yeah. and I work on my acting, yeah. whatever that is going on there. And then the kids, they play piano too. Uh, too. We, kept, we kept some virtual lessons up. So I rehearse, I, I do a rehearsal session. I facilitate a rehearsal session with both of them as I did today. Uh, that's uh, demanding. Are they, into it? Are they into it? Do they like it? Do they like to rehearse with Dada? Well, I tell you, um, Yes, I think so. And that, that sort of, I think we've accomplished something because I didn't know the joys of daily routine. I didn't get homework and really putting in the time. And it's not that he spends the whole day doing it, but Charlie particularly. Mm-hmm. After breakfast, we both run to the piano and we run through this stuff. Uh, uh, so they, they, they dig it. Now, River, okay. it was tough is four and a half, and he's kind of more difficult to get focused. But right now we're in a cycle of, come on, River, wake up, wake up, do do this. You know, I, I like, it's a little balance for me of my in- instinct to go, you know, touch the pianos, play what you want, <laughs> see if there's anything <laughs> that occurs to you. What Have speaks fun. to which keys speak to you today? Exactly. And you're like, drill it. Let's I don't do drills. Be the father and shine, you know, going, you know, but. Some of it now, the other p- balance, the other part of that is do, you know, I know what he's trying to accomplish and I'm helping him do that with a little bit of a, a strong hand, That's a firm nice. hand. And he doesn't seem to much keep checking in. If I, if I'm going to crush them, crush their spirits, I would be vigilant for it. Right. But he, I go river, river, right hand, right hand, look at mm-hmm. it, look at, you know, I'm doing that. And afterwards, he goes, Dad, Dad, that was good. And we high five and I kiss and we kiss. And, you know, so he I think he's liking it. Yes. And making, oh, he's liking great. making progress. I always think it's like it's like a cat with a toy. You know what I mean? Like you're like, OK, play with the toy, play with the toy. But occasionally you've got to let the cat win. You got to let the cat win or they'll stop playing. Yes. So you go like, let we're, we're playing, we're having fun, like you're chasing it. You can't get it. But if you do too much of that, right. then they go, well, fuck it. I don't. I don't, I'm not, this, this isn't a real mouse, but if you let them attack it every once in a while, yeah. they go, oh, this is a good game. Right. <laughs> you know all too well. Yeah. You know, you, you know, better than I, yeah, it's a fascinating little, uh, <laughs> this is fascinating. We'll think. Oh boy. This has, I, oh, this has been such a joy to talk to you. It's this has been a joy. I'd like to, I think we're, I think we're a good team and I would, Very. You know, I haven't seen you. I've, I've, I've adored you. And I, you know, spent that little time with you. I thought, yes, yes, here we go. And then I haven't seen you or talked to you since. So I know. crazy. Forgive my overly bushy tailed enthusiasm. I'd like to uh, catch up with you and uh, I would too. whatever you want. 
We have to correct this. We have yes. to correct this. Yes. Toronto. Yeah, Toronto. That's I love Toronto. Mm-hmm. I spent this last Christmas in Toronto. You did? Yeah, because huh. we visited her family. That's where she's from. My wife is from Toronto. She's from Toronto? Yes. yes. I didn't know that. Yes. I didn't realize that. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. I well, spend the, there, are... like we go there every year. Yeah, I spent, you know, 10, 10 days this last uh, in, during Christmas. Wow. Yeah. My whole family's still there. My whole family lives there. It's just us down here. Oh, God. All right. This was great. Yeah. God, thank you so much. I thank you so much. Okay, I need to squeeze in another quick break right here. Jeff Goldblum. Oh, my God. A delight. Fairy, what a delight. What a delight. (laughs) My goodness. Okay, that was exciting. Yeah. So as you know, Jeff uh, is considered something of an unconventional sex symbol, and he has mm-hmm. been for many years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and as someone who we know loves to judge people based purely on their looks, we were curious yeah. if you could weigh in on some mm-hmm. of the other leading men who don't necessarily fall into sort of the usual hottie box uh, okay. and give your kind of impressions of you know what you think hot of these or not hot or not. Yeah, that works. Hot or not. Right? <laughs> don't simplify it. Oh, um, I will. So he just got an Oscar nomination for a movie okay. I know uh, you have a lot of feelings about, um, mm-hmm. Javier Bardem. Oh, Javier Bardem. You mean like, geez, okay, <laughs> like No Country for Old Men, right. Javier Bardem? <laughs> <laughs> Ricky Ricardo, Javier Bardem? or uh, The average of all of them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean he's uh, yeah he's a sex sexual person. <laughs> oh, this is so hard for you. <laughs> so hard. I can't ever do hot or not. Yeah, sure. he's beautiful. He's beautiful on the outside and the inside, except in No Country for Old Men, where he has a little Hamlet haircut and is the fucking scariest he's monster. That, yeah. Uh, yeah, rendered on film. All okay. right. What about uh, Adam Driver? Oh, <laughs> so I feel like this qu- gets discussed a lot on the internet. It does. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. He looks great. He's like eight feet tall. He's. <laughs> 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 I think he's. I'm supposed to say he's hot. I can't do it. I no, can't you don't speak have to do that, that way. We're gonna go through these really quickly. Don't worry. I find him. I think he's very attractive. He's yeah. An attractive gentleman oh god good actor too <laughs> i uh, am not i could not be like i'm not like a mark zuckerberg i couldn't make a whole social media platform based on like who looks good in a bathing suit okay <laughs> and you know what we think you not being mark zuckerberg is one of your best qualities <laughs> i agree it's my favorite thing about you uh, thank you so much okay uh what about and this is another divisive one uh benedict mm-hmm. cumberbatch this is divisive. People yeah, are yeah. people are like, no. Can you imagine being a person who's like, no, what a dog. What an ugly creep. In like, my defense, they, they did a whole SNL sketch about this when he was the host. And the joke was oh. literally like, is he attractive or not? Like, I think people feel very strong in different directions for some reason. Oh, wow. Gee whiz. You know, I think he's attractive. I don't know. I don't like, I'm not like sitting around yearning for Cumberbatch. I don't even. You know what? You know what? I can't even really. I know that I can't. I can say his name, but we had a whole idea about. I said his name weirdly in something years and years and years ago, 
Hmm. We called him Benderdink Cumberbuns, <laughs> and I can't ever say his name normally because I want to say Benderdink Cumberbuns. I think attractive. All right. What? What? <laughs> All right. What about uh, Rami Malek? Oh yeah, and he's a very good, ta- talented actor. I I don't know. That's Again. like being like, but they have a good personality. No, he's a talent. Talent is very attractive. He's attra- yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't want to be married to him. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the game. You have to be. I do. Yeah, no, this okay. is a proposal. <laughs> this is binding. <laughs> okay. All right, this is the last one. It's like okay. a band aid. We'll just rip this one off. Okay, Pete Davidson. People are divided about that. I do know. Yeah. People talk about this a lot. And I think he's probably very nice. He's a very nice person. I don't think about his relative levels of attraction. I guess he's... I can't do hot or nots. He's a nice <laughs> I mean, boy. everyone's doing it. Is Dave nice P. Davidson he's on your nice, bucket list? He's a nice boy. Yeah. My husband knows him. Like, what can oh. I say? Oh, yeah. Whoa, look at us. Look at that. Looks great in shorts. Like, I can't speak that way about other people. <laughs> I really would love to see him in a full leotard. Like, what? <laughs> well, nobody's asking for that. The whole debate online is... What a window he... into your psyche. <laughs> My psyche is broke. It's just so broken. I can't, I can't level that judgment on people. Even in the simplest, kindest way. Attractive, young man, nice person. Oh, God. I'm so sorry. Who do I think is really... Really not hot. Who I feel? Ted Cruz. There. Okay. <laughs> not hot. <laughs> oh God. I feel so weird. Okay. I hope you liked my podcast. <laughs> I really do hope it. If you did, let me know in the comments. If you didn't, you know, go ahead. Consider hate listening in the future. Seriously though, please rate, review, and follow Full Release and Apple Podcasts and tell your friends. Spread the word about this damn podcast. In the meantime, keep sending us your comments and questions to fullrelease at sandby.com. They might even be featured in one of our special Bionis episodes exclusively available on Stitcher Premium. Don't forget, I mean, don't forget to tune into Full Frontal Listen at the Thursdays at 10 p.m. on TBS. And we'll see you next Tuesday for another full release. This podcast is brought to you by Earwolf and TBS and was produced by Adam Howard and Svea Baron-Reinstein with IT and technical production provided by Hitech. It was edited by Julia Fott and hosted by me, Samantha B. You know what? I think I'm really damaged by the pandemic. I'll say that. You alone? Yep, me alone. Just me. (laughs) 